Welcome back to the PDP. It's your boy, Pops Prince, and today we have a very special guest. He's the owner of Consistent Co., an artist, graphic designer, event curator, and all-around creative. Let's give it up for Tony, man. Yo, yo, yo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need a, the buzzer effect, too. Cheer. Uh, we're accompanied by Robert. Hello. And <laughs> throwing for these. Yep, he's he's the man in the cuts right there. You don't gotta see him, but you know he's there. He's present, <laughs> always made of your imagination. Yep. <laughs> to get the like a little bit of a backstory around you, um, where are you from? Where are your parents from? My name is Tony Maine. I'm from the south side of Chicago, born and raised, Pulaski Orange Line. Um, my mom, my mom's from Poland. My mom's from Poland. I'm Polish, and then uh, mm. my dad. Shoot, I don't even know my dad's from, to be honest, but I think he has roots in North Dakota. He's from Chicago. I don't know how that all goes, but he's Native American. So I'm Polish, Native American. Okay, okay. Uh, 27, going 28, September, Virgo baby. And I'm the, yeah, I'm the, I'm, I'm the sole proprietor, creative, um, entrepreneur. Is that me and my bad? Uh, what you want to call it? I'm everything, man. I try to be everything. I try to be everywhere. I try to do a lot. I try to do everything I can because you never know, man. You never know. <laughs> For the people that don't know, how, how did uh, Consistent start about? Mm, consistent. Consistent was a high idea. Um, so Consistent started off, I was at a burger joint, and I just take an unbelievable big uh, dab, too big. And I was really uncomfortable when we were eating, and I was asked a question all random. If I were to choose one word that represents me, what would it be? Mm. And I really thought hard on it, thought on and pondered on it, and then it hit me, you know, I'm consistent. Um, at the end of the day, what I say I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do. And I show up and I put 100 into what is done. And then it hit me. Um, my, uh, my roots go back to uh, acronyms. Uh, acronyms are a big part of the lifestyle I live and what I believe in. So mm -hmm. right away, consistent went from just being the word that we all know, broken down to creating only new styles in society to evolve new talent. It's that everyday nine to five grind and some long days, longer nights. You got to be consistent with yourself in order to make things happen. Facts. Um, so I picked up on that idea and I was like, oh, dang, like, I think I got something. Um, at the time, I was a freshman in college. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was in a small little town in Colorado. Uh, my background is uh, graffiti and street art and just guerrilla advertisement. Okay. So wait, uh, so just taking it back, how did you like get to Colorado? Like you said, you were born in Chicago. Yes, sir. Yeah, so, I, um, if you could like tell that story. Yeah, so um, uh, I grew up on the south side. Went to school on the west side of Chicago. And then um, I had an opportunity to go to a, a school called Fort Lewis in Durango, Colorado. Oh, okay. And I had uh, no friends, no family, no no idea. I just seen the campus via uh, on the computer and I was like, yo, sign me up. I get to get out the city. I get to start fresh. Um, at the time I was like battling uh, inner demons in terms of like a toxic high school relationship and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And, you know, my mom and my sister are very like educated based, but I'm the artist. And <laughs> I was like, you know what? Like, I'm gonna go and try to create my own route and just see what I can do by myself. So 
Um, I had the opportunity to go out there and I checked it out and I fell in love the first day, man. As soon as I touched that Colorado air, it hit different. Mm. And that's where I'm at today. So it kind of uh, took my soul with it. So what did you go to school for? Or what was the... Yeah, was it just like general gen eds or you already? No, man, I went to school for uh, graphic design and communications. Oh, okay. So I went to school. Uh, I was introduced to like graphic design early with my high school teacher. His name was Mr. Enriquez. Um, he was a new teacher. He was real fly, real cool dude. And he introduced me to like graphic arts. And um, I was really big into clothing and I wanted to make my own stickers. And yeah. I didn't know how to do any of that. So all I knew was to like draw and then scan it in. And that was it. I never knew how to like take it a step further. So um, in high school, my teacher kind of taught me Photoshop and he taught me a little bit of ins and um, he taught me how I can like draw and then scan it in and then digitize it and then so forth like that. So we went and um, I kind of pushed it. So once we got like a, a title, I guess you would say, uh, graphic design, I didn't know what that was, but I saw that I can go to school for it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, if I go to this school, I'm not going to be the guy that I was in Chicago. You know, I would be Durango's most wanted. So <laughs> I was like, you know what? Like, I'll be incognito. I'll change my name and I'll try to strive as a graphic artist. And uh, you're you're purposely acting out or you're just. No, nah, it's just like, you know, like out here, I already kind of like set my identity to who I wanted to be. And I was very comfortable. Um with the whole like the graffiti persona oh, and people okay. not knowing yeah. me and um just being around the crew and i was very comfortable so i wanted to be uncomfortable i strive off of being uncomfortable so i was like you know what like i'm gonna start fresh i'm gonna go by my real name i'm gonna be called rafa and uh i'm gonna be an artist from chicago and uh kind of strive from there so it kind of like pursued and even then, like once I got to school, I was like, well, shit, I'm here and I still don't know what I want to do. Mm -hmm. um, so consistent kind of um, was a beautiful backbone and like a base to be like, all right, cool. This is where I'm going to start and let's progress from here. And then it's, it's uh, seven years or? Yeah, it's going to be seven years. I was calling on my fingers on the way here. <laughs> it's going to be seven years this year. Nice. Uh, and it's always just been you or you've had uh, like partners? along the way or you've been able to so consistent actually started uh there was two other dudes um so it was my boy granger ranger and then my boy smiley um they were in college with me and when i spit them the idea of consistent you know like myself their eyes lit up and they knew we were onto something so yeah um i was living in the dorms so i didn't have my own place so they had their own house and they had this cool little room kind of like this little structure right here kind of gives me um, old vibes in that sense but um we kind of chopped it up we called it you know the hq and then yeah. we were fortunate because like the universe was like yo you guys are onto something because like everything kind of like was put in place started off with the, well let's print our own clothes and then all of a sudden somebody hit us up and was like hey we're throwing away a screen printer like a whole screen printing press we're just missing one piece like if you guys can find the piece it's yours so we had a whole industrial forearm Wow. screen press yeah. off the rip we had it fit in the room in the center of the room and we found the piece that we were missing at a junkyard we got that for free so then the the press was in full motion now and then we had a, a homie she was working at a screen printing shop 
So she gave us a bunch of like blank screens and all that. So we just had to learn how to put the emotion yeah. and kind of learn the process. So then we had that going on. And then uh, one of my favorite memories starting out was like we were uh, we were planning our first drop and we were doing the whole burning the screen process. And it's very tedious. It was, you know, trial and error or so forth like that. But we would clean the screens in my boy's bathtub. And that ink is like, this shit stains, <laughs> you know? So we were- we Was were, it like the plastisol or like the, the water? Oh, uh, it was, man, it was like whatever you can buy at you remember the art like store. what color um it was black i know it was black ink but okay. it was like the speedball or something something like that okay i don't know but it was like the most basic you can buy it at the art store yeah and um we copped it and sure enough you know <laughs> my dude's bathtub was all black was all black <laughs> man like you'd walk in there and there was just like like ink that is uh just never went away so yeah. i bet you when they <laughs> sold that house they were like yo sorry about that bathtub oh um, my god I'm sure they were like his folks were pissed. Dude, yeah, whoever was whoever rented us the spot oh, called us riffraff because yeah, that house was a uh, a little bit much after we left. But we had this cool little room, and we started just printing our own clothes. So when consistent started, we did everything in house. We started off with our shirts and so forth like that. And the cool thing about consistent starting out was when we first when we first dropped our first design, we had nobody buy it. I don't know if you can relate to that, but like, definitely, um, yeah. So the in the same way that you had two partners, I had two partners with Effectus. I don't know if you remember that brand. Yep, I, yep, yep. This was uh, probably like 2014 when I f started this back in high school with my friends, and Effectus didn't really work out because it was too many people. It was like too many cooks in the kitchen. Heard that, you know what I mean? And then uh, we had conflicting ideas and. Uh, yeah, a lot of our designs didn't. I still have a whole bin full of Effectus merch that didn't sell. Maybe I'll release it in the future, like 10 years from now. But um, yeah, it's a, it's discouraging for sure. But what do you think? Like, how, how did you uh, surpass that? Or like, how did you overcome that feeling? Like, what made you keep going, even though it didn't sell? No, 100%. Honestly, um, shoe man starting out like you know i thought we were gonna pop off i thought we were gonna sell out like supreme mm. i was very a uh, big-headed in that sense i was very uh i'm gonna sell out i'm gonna make a lot of money and this shit's gonna take off to the moon real quick so um it was very humbling you know because like <laughs> not even my friends were copping man like i had like i had like little to none support starting out you know but like i was so big-headed right away that the universe had to humble me down a little bit which was uh now i look back at it and i appreciate that but um, man, it was one of my friends, her name was Moko, and she was the only person that bought a piece off of me. And I was running my pieces for $8 because they just had to pay for shipping. That was it. Once I got the shipping, then I can go ahead and then give them the product. And I kind of reversed the asset towards like, well, instead of trying to make money off of these first pieces, no one even knows who I am. So why would they want to buy it? So it was like more so like, yo, I'm just going to bless everybody that I can with one of these pieces. And then hopefully it can, you know, pick up some kind of range. So my first drop um, was a, it was a money cat design. Uh, it was a cat with a little palm up mm -hmm. and it was supposed to represent um, wealth and um, good luck to the holder, whoever's wearing the piece, you know? And um, that piece didn't do too well, but now it's one of the most sought after pieces. It's kind of cool how it like, kind of like a 360. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it wasn't until 
we picked up on like the consistent box logo and you know um i uh actually commissioned this artist from the i want to say like, Brit like britain or the uk something oh, he was overseas wow. but he created this uh dope like wolf wolves and sheep's clothing design and then from there we um we picked up on some blanks we picked up some champion blanks and we printed out like a small batch and people liked it you know people like the consistent message people like the box logo and people like the wolf so sure enough we dropped it and we sold out in 24 hours within our second drop so it was kind of like a oh we're onto something now you know yeah yeah and did you feel like people were more supportive of a, like uh the brand than one idea that that money cat idea uh at the time it was your your own design right uh it so I, my first design that i ever created was actually from the uh wait, that's the homie scomp uh he he hooked me up with that design and oh, i was okay. i was very like like tapped in with it you know and um people didn't know who it was or what it was and right, so forth right, like that like so it was it was nothing at that time but now it's like one of those pieces that it's like dang if you got it then you were one of the first that actually yeah. were like a part of it, the growing up consistent it just took people time to like understand it right because yeah and then with the second drop it was more uh brand based right, right right yeah and that's what i you know I, I tell a lot of people you know because on top of um designing for myself i've picked up on the the quote-unquote title of like a freelance and right, um, right. designer and so forth like that and a lot of people want to start a clothing brand and i, I i'm totally for it but i've kind of noticed and kind of um gravitated towards like if you're starting out don't just drop your logo piece you know more people are entitled to buy something that looks cool or something that they gravitate towards in terms of like what they like or if it looks cool or whatever whatever the the reason for it to buy but they don't have to know it's the brand because at the end of the day the brand essence comes later on you know people are going to buy something at the end of the day if they like what it looks like they like the color palette whatever it is you know there's elements that will gravitate towards that rather than just somebody trying to buy the brand so like when I'm talking to these people who want to start up a brand and so forth like that. It's more so like a, let's just create some cool shit and then we can put the brand behind it and then we can build from that because then the people will want to buy into the brand later on rather than you trying to pop off with the brand off the bat. Yeah. <clears throat> Being a, a clothing owner, like a designer, uh, you've you've done a lot of pop-ups, right? I, I feel like I've done a fair share, man. A fair share. I've been, you know, I've, I've, How I've been How many would part. you say? Like if you had to guess? Mm. Like I want to say like I, like I mean it sounds little now but like at least 20 plus for sure yeah, you know yeah. like whether it was like a small get together um me being a part of it or me like helping work it you know I've been a part of like that essence so it was a lot of a uh, note taking I'm very big on um just observing the environment and seeing what other people do and that was one of that was one of the cool things that like I recognized was like when I was coming up on these Chicago pop-ups and so forth like that, you were right there too. Mm -hmm. You know? So like I kind of picked up on a roster where it was like, all right, cool, like, you know, me, you, Skyco entitled. Yeah. Um, off the off the off the rip. Those yeah, are like the okay. four that I always can kind of gravitate towards and even depend on too. It's like, yo, like I'm gonna start something, like who can I hit up? And you know, those are my four off the rip, the three off the rip that I can um uh, gravitate towards because like i said i feel like we all kind of came up in that environment at the same time mm -hmm. um, maybe not together but within the same realm um of a quote-unquote class you know yeah i feel like i remember uh doing a couple of pop-ups with you 
It was a. Uh, I think you hosted one, or you you asked me to be part of one in Pilsen with the Adele Dia. Yep, I, w- I was invited to that one, okay. and then I was yeah. like, "Yo, I know a few people." <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then uh, this is when I saw you like all tatted, and I was like, "Damn, I need more tattoos." <laughs> and like you had like your whole like leg sleeve and shit. Yep, yeah. yeah. No, I got I, I got them early, man. I got yeah. my tattoos. I started at like fourteen in high school. Right. And then uh, we kind of just uh, went up there. But I remember that one specifically. That one was cool um, because it was not on Yukon. It was like in the heart of Pilsen. But mm-hmm. all my all my my whole crew was turned for no reason. <laughs> like I had I had my boys. Uh, <laughs> my girl was all turned up. And, you know, I'm like, yo, we're here for business right now. Let's <laughs> let's handle the business and then have fun. But, oh, yeah. um, you know, at the end of it all, it was a it was a real cool vibe. It was a real um, energy based environment. I know there was like live performances going on and so forth like that. Um, but one of my favorite memories too was uh, at the end, you know, at the end, it was just when we were cleaning up, um, I just looked around and there was like 12, 12 people within the consistent circle, you know, just grabbing the boxes and moving and grooving. And yeah, it, cause- it was cool to see that like, um, that unified like uh, team essence at the end of it, you know, and that's the one thing I, I love about consistent, you know, like I am consistent, but consistent is also everyone else too, you know, and that's the cool part about it. It's not like a me thing. It's a we thing for mm-hmm. sure. Not that many people could say that they, they could hold a, a Chicago presence like from another state. And when you come in town, <laughs> into town, I think uh, a lot of people are like, oh shit, like he's back, you know, like it, it feels like that just like as an outsider. I think when, you have like your um your faithful uh followers or like your faithful circle my clan yeah man. Clan. yeah you know and that's the thing too is like the one thing i'm really grateful for about consistent is you know like at the end of the day um i could say this on camera i could say this you know just being completely transparent um pocketing consistent money isn't something that i i take part in it's mm-hmm. not something that i believe in um it goes back into the brand it has more money than myself being personally um, but it's just fact of a matter that like the love and the support and the message and w- what it brings to an environment is what I strive for. Um, you know, beyond it all, beyond, beyond you know, the aspect of uh, being a brand, people wear it, so forth like that. Um, I'm really big on um, wearing what you want to believe in, if you want to put that in quotes right there. Like, you know, you wear what you want to represent and so forth like that. So whether it's like me wanting to represent my homies uh, me wanting to represent um, a positive message, so forth like that. Like we're a walking billboard at the end of it all, you know? So mm-hmm. um, I want to be able to be read and be like, all right, cool. You know, I can't I can't go and um, rock something that, you know, it's cursing on it or so forth like that. You know, it may look cool. It may, it may gravitate and like, oh, that's, some, that's, that's a, some good design right there. But at the end of it all, like, I think about like whether it's the shorties that are wearing it or the 45 year olds that are wearing it you know um like you wanted to have a message yeah a meaning to me consistent has always been more than a clothing brand like if you were to ask me today be like yo like who would where would you want consistent to be or what would you want consistent to represent or would you want to be equal to and i would say red bull um red bull to me is like that's crazy that wouldn't be the first yeah no it's not like a streetwear brand it's more of a Wait, why, why Red Bull? Red Bull, man. Red Bull, you can throw that on anything. Red Bull correlates to an energy drink first and foremost. But the idea behind Red Bull is what really gets me going because it's like 
you have a snowboarder, you have a skier, you have someone hopping out of a, a spaceship, um, you have a skateboarder, you have anybody and everybody that can represent Red Bull and they can represent their quote unquote Red Bull team and so forth like that. And that's mm -hmm. what I like perceive consistent as. It's like, you could be consistent, you could be a snowboarder, you could be consistent hopping out of an airplane, you could be consistent and uh, be an artist and so forth like that. So mm -hmm. I've always been like, no, I don't want to be supreme. I don't want to be undefeated. I don't want to be none of that. I want to be Red Bull, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I like that. I'm going to send that to Red Bull. Hopefully they uh, sponsor us. Yeah, holla at us, Red Bull, <laughs> please. But uh, just taking it back to before you even went to uh, college for designing and stuff, like how did you get into art? Because you've been doing art. You do. That's deep. You, you said you do graffiti. Yeah, so like. Um, I've been very art orientated, you know, and that's one of my things that I've always stayed true to. And if I could uh, tell anybody any kind of advice, it's like that little voice in your head. We may call it our inner self. You know, I call it little Tony Maine and so forth like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, that voice is the curation of it all. That's what I believe my imagination is. And that's my inner, my inner child. Um, oh, yeah. And that's one thing that I feel like as an artist, as a creative, as someone who thinks outside the box, you kind of have to um, respect that inner voice. You have to listen to that inner voice. You know, that inner voice is there for a certain reason and so forth like that. So it's like, I was always the kid who was utilizing a stick for a sword. Um, I was the kid who, you know, loved to color. I used to, my first hustle on, you know, on a, on a serious aspect was, <laughs> I was uh, probably, shoot, third, fourth grade. And what I would do is I would buy coloring books and then I would trace the images from the coloring books onto like sheets of paper. Yeah. And then I would sell them off as originals. So mm -hmm. that was like my first hustle, but all I was doing was tracing, um, you know, but I've always had that kind of like a uh, give or get to try to just um, come up, whether it was, you know, pennies, nickels, dimes to a dollar. Um, I was just always in that, you know, that essence of like, Heck yeah, that works. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. hustle, yeah. So um, the right. imagination and just the creative ability always came from listening to that inner voice. And that kind of opened up so many doorways. Like my main um, media, if you wanted to call it, was has always been like um, acrylic, acrylic paint. I love acrylic paint. Oil paint's cool, but I feel like it's still a little bit too uh, mature for me. Mm. Um, I don't have the patience to be able to use all the different. Yeah, nah, nah, man. I'm just one that will keep throwing colors and then add some water and then color and yeah. so forth like that. So like it always went to like painting canvases and then I was an athlete or I thought I was an athlete, um, but I always got injured, you know? So art, art always stayed true in my, um, my corner. So like in high school, high school had the biggest influence on me when it came to like the art life because like my teachers supported me dearly, you know, when it came to like either my graphic design teacher or I took AP art and my AP, my art in that class was horrible, but my teacher still rooted me on and um, always backed me up. And even when I went to college, you know, I had a professor tell me straight up that I sucked. <laughs> and it That's broke, crazy. Like, it how, broke my heart, man. <laughs> it broke my heart. How do you even like judge art? It should be uh, like, it's all relative, right? And you know, that's what I thought too, man. And it, you know, I remember I, I, I was I was hurt. When I say I was hurt, I was hurt. I don't call my mom up and be like, mom, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, man. Damn. I just was told that I suck. <laughs> and that same day, um, she actually threw me a buck, man. And I was like, hey mom, like <laughs> I got no money, I'm broke, but I'm not trying to suck at art. Like, um, 
You know, can I buy a canvas? I remember buying this big old, huge, like 36 by 36, something mm -hmm. like outrageously big, a big canvas. And um, I painted a, I painted this like abstract essence. And that was the first, uh, that was like, one of, cause it was cool. Cause in my school, every year they had like a student gallery. And then as a freshman, I got that art piece that I worked on into that gallery. And it's crazy because the professor that said I sucked was the one who picked it without knowing that it was mine. Damn. So I was like, ah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> that's fire. That's like a good revenge. No, like exactly. And, you know, that's why I always stay true to it. And I always stay true to, like, my style, quote unquote, mm -hmm. or, like, what I believed in. You know, like, shit, man, you're not going to be the first person to tell me that. So I'm just going to keep it going. Fire. And aside from consistent, you've also uh, picked up these uh, picket fences. You say it's like oh uh, man, that that came later down the road. Yeah, like recently, like, right? Yeah, so like, um, honestly, man, like I'm a big fan of uh, texture, whether it's with my art or what I put into it, the graphic essence of it. Um, texture allows a flat image to come to life. So like with these picket fences is. It's not the sign itself, it's the wood grain that I create within the picket sign. You know, those little lines, the little daggers yeah, yeah, yeah. in it all. Um, that's the texture base from it. So like, to me, a sign at the end of the day is universal. Like, I think of it like when I put these signs up, these picket signs up, it's like, imagine you're in the wild, wild west and you didn't have no billboards, yeah. you didn't have um no advertisement essence you had these wooden signs out there so it's like if you write a message on this sign someone's bound to see it and if you take it like literally it's literally a sign and i like to write positive messages on there growing up um my mom's crib is nothing but like wording like positive messages and hey you can do it and have a great day yeah. and so forth like that so i grew up around that and now that's all my house is. <laughs> it's nothing but picket signs with positive messages and so forth like that. So um, the influence of like the positive messages has to come from my OG for sure. But like the the sign, the picket sign itself is just literally a universal sign that can communicate language for sure. Fire. <clears throat> That's a great way to explain it. I actually just started uh, working at a signing company. It's mm -hmm. like for- Congrats. We do like a bunch of uh, signs all over Chicago. Thank you. Dope. And then- um, yeah, that just reminds me of like just billboards that say like this is your sign, this is the sign that you that you're looking for all along, and the picket signs is is, is a smart thing. And I, were you trying to make it into like an NFT for a while, or am I thinking? Yeah, man. So like I would once the whole NFT wave kind of picked right. up, mm -hmm. um, you know, I had I had a brilliant idea, and I was told recently that I should have kept up with it, but um, it was more so like uh, I was able to create a variety of these different images, and you mm -hmm. know. Um, the whole NFT thing kind of boomed up. So it was like kind of like, a, oh, let's see if I could do this too. You know, it was the wave at the time. Um, but that kind of correlated into what I'm doing now, which is pretty cool um, between the, the texture based and uh, so forth like that. When I like to create my quote unquote branding, if it is anything that my style, I like to incorporate that that wood grain essence. Um, you know, I'm a real big fan of like do uh, Joshua Vides or whatever, um, but he does like the outline of it all he does like outline of like images and so forth like that so like he'll he'll he's not the first artist to do it. i know there was an artist before him but like he he got famous off of like having a white air force nike oh yeah, and then yeah. he traced it he's yeah. had like, exhibits at, yeah. like uh everywhere right like yeah. i've seen him at complex con i think exactly uh, so like i'm a big fan of like his style his essence yeah. and 
I, I, I didn't want to quote unquote bite it at that time, but like I did add like, all right, cool. I want to retrace this and I want to turn this into wood. No <laughs> yeah, matter it's like your inspiration. Exactly. Right. No matter what the product is, I can turn it into wood at the end of it all. Um, so that was kind of like my correlation with it all. And then um, it kind of worked out in my favor because um, the rolling papers that I kind of came up on, that's exactly what these bad boys. Yeah, let's talk about these. What are, what are these? Yeah, what are dude. These? So these are um, uh, LT Gray's boomsticks, man. So um, I had a client. He actually was my buddy in college. And um, he utilized this um, NFT project called the DJ Tunes. And that's the, the cat. That's the, yep, the I cat like the smoking a doink. Yeah um but they're called dj tunes and he's like yo i want to turn this into a logo um so i did my thing man i created the whole lt gray's um essence created a whole little storyline persona off of him and then mm -hmm. when i was creating it i was getting hyped up yeah i was getting like dang like i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to just give this idea away and call it a day i want to be a part of this so i was like yo let's cut right to it <laughs> um i want to become your partner i want to become the designer of this thing and we're going to make some cool shit. what's his name again uh, uh your partner my partner his name is jack jack the man dude shout out jack let's go <laughs> um but yeah no he hit me up dude and he kind of threw me a bone and he kind of like invited me to this whole world called the dj tunes and they're this nft project dude and they're they're pretty up there man when you think of like they're at least top five i want to say if not right. um but they have a crazy community on twitter and um he blessed me with um you know one of the 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 tigres and we just created this whole persona we created this thing called el tigres trading post where that's like the umbrella and then um el tigres boomsticks come from under that umbrella yeah and so forth like that but um i'm really fine, big on man. like product design and um just i always wanted to create my own shit you know i that's one thing i like about and i respect about what you do is you mean you have that same correlation where it's like i want to wear my own shit i want to <laughs> i want to i want to use my own you know whatever yeah. i create at the end of it all whether it's socks um pants mm -hmm. t-shirts mm -hmm. products so forth like the accessories like i want to have my name behind i want to use my own thing i want to you know support myself at the end of it all um so that was one of those things that we created and it kind of picked up fire and we're picking up on it now and um it's just starting out we're trying to get into stores uh we got two locations or uh, two to three in north dakota yeah. um i got a few in colorado we're trying to get them here in the city um but our product speaks for itself and i'm, I'm pretty stoked on it it's like my next uh intermission of like what i want to do next i don't know yeah we'll see i'm excited to try these um I don't know how I feel about NFTs. I feel like the during the pandemic, there's like a, a great like boom of them. Oh, yeah. And like the whole board, uh, board yacht club mm -hmm. ape stuff yep, yep. was going crazy. But then I feel like just recently they've they've been on like a downward trajectory. And, yeah. But it still feels like they will blow up if, like eventually. And, like, so the like, whole idea of having uh Cryptocurrency is very intriguing to me. And you know, I, I, I still, you know, crypto is becoming a it's big a thing. Different. And, yeah. you know, what I what I respect about like the quote unquote NFT aspect is um, you have to be able to have um, an, an, an IRL presence in real life presence to be able to like actually have like functionality of it all. Like we brought 
this 2D image and brought it to life. You know, we utilized a project and created a product from it. Yeah. Um, and you see it more and more. People are utilizing it um, and so forth like that. And I think it's cool. It's a branding essence. And what I like about it is like, once you have that thing in your wallet, like it's yours, you can use it for whatever you mm -hmm. want to use it for. And not enough people are doing that. People will collect it, you know, in their electronic wallet, but that's it. You know, that's as far as it goes for that. So to be able to bridge that bridge that gap between um, the digital and real world is where the functionality really comes into play. Because there's a lot of crazy, you know, projects out there. Like I've seen dudes make hot sauce. Um, I've seen people utilize it in dispensaries, and yeah. um, you know, there's there's definitely people who are doing it. You know, vinyl toys and so forth like that. There's unlimited aspects to it but it's like up to the individual to be able to bridge that gap in the first place and that's where mm -hmm. kind of like your creative imagination has to kind of correlate with it's like yo how can i turn this into that you know yeah i feel like that's where the streetwear like the culture is going especially with like you see it every day like the astro boy boots and mm -hmm. it's just like uh, things that are normally unreal or like imaginative coming or to too, life, yeah, coming to life bring yeah it. and that's what i think is crazy you know honestly like um i'm a big fan of the hundreds you know they're the ogs to the game yeah. but like they're super into nfts right? dude they yeah. they have a whole community aspect of it you mm -hmm. know and that's what like they, they're bridging the gap and i know I, bobby just dropped a book you know so yeah. it's like he he's really a, a communication to like this world because a lot of people don't know about it but I mean, we're only going to keep seeing it. We 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 hit the wave when it was all about the hype. Everyone wanted to get a buck from it, I feel. Like, you know, people were jumping into these projects and they're going to flip it and make a quick mill and that's it. And now they're sitting in this thing and it's just chilling in their wallet and so forth like that. And it's like, yo, at the end of it all, like everything, it's an investment. And then how you turn it into like an investment is up to you. You know, mm -hmm. it's not like one of those, hey, you own it now. Um, the whole world's gonna come at you. It's like, no, you gotta, you gotta kind of create that. You gotta pave that. And if you don't, then somebody else is, and so forth like that. So it's like one of those that like, um, it's not going anywhere. I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, but it definitely is dimming down to like, yo, the people who are actually like in it to actually have a project, have a community, have a, a presence are still alive. But like everybody else who came in, made a quick buck, now they're gone. And you know, that's, that's that's going to be like the 10 other things that we're going to be introduced to as well yeah how do you um how do you organize your yourself as far as like your entity yeah, or just organize yourself in general because you have consistent but i know you speak of it like it's its own entity and now you have el tigre boomsticks and then you also have the picket sign <laughs> <laughs> but you also made a uh, weed strains too right and just like dealing with um just like the whole marijuana culture that's the thing about me dude is like you know, I've created little essences. I like to have my hands in 10 different pots. And as yeah. far as organization goes, if you ask anybody around me, I am the least organized person ever. I'm always leaving shit around. I'm always forgetting stuff. I'm always, you know, thinking ahead of myself and so forth like that. So as far as like organization, I'm the least organized really? at it all. And um, it's a it, it's a constant battle because it's like, I visualize it like five different cups mm -hmm. and it's like some days I'm pouring more water in one cup rather than the other. And then I'm lacking in this cup and then I'm trying to take from this cup and pour it here and so forth like that. So it's a constant battle on my end. But what I've come to recognize with myself is if I'm not doing something, I get into like a, 
almost a depression, man. I get real sad and I get real down on myself. And um, I'm my biggest critic at the end of it all. So it's like, if I believe I'm not doing enough, you can't convince me otherwise. So it's like, I gotta be doing five different things at a time. Um, I don't know if it's fulfilling my quote unquote ego or what it is, but it's like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta just keep it moving. I can't be stale. That's like one of my, um, my beliefs that I believe in is like, there's two things that can destroy a human and that's ego and comfort. Mm. So, you know, if I'm too comfortable and I'm not moving, then I'm lacking at some point. And then if I'm moving in just a way to fulfill my ego, I'm lacking in some point. So it's like one of those things that I'm always aware of. And that's one thing I can't say I'm up on myself is I'm pretty damn aware um, now within yeah. the person that I am, but I had to grow to that. Um, but like, I'm, I'm comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's part of like who I am is if I'm too comfortable, I start to question it because like, why, why is this too easy? Why is this too smooth? Where, where is the hiccup gonna occur and so forth? So as a creative, I mean, um, you know, maybe you can resonate with that because like, we're always not only beating ourselves up to do more or wanna do, do more, but at the same time, it's like finding that pace to be able to do it in a certain amount of time for your own good, not just like, like nowadays, like I don't want to just drop a t-shirt to drop a t-shirt. Like that's just I, I I did that. I'm yeah, not yeah. I'm not part of that anymore. I'm rather about the process now more than anything. I'd rather build something up and then have mm -hmm. something to show for it rather than just be like, all right, here here's the end result and that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Because it's it's not like we're we're just creatives. We're not we're not just artists. We're uh, entrepreneurs. We have businesses. We have to. Um, I don't know. We I guess we don't have to drop, but it feels like you almost owe it to. Your, your customers or your yeah. the people that have been rocking with you for so long. Um, so I understand why you would feel like you need to do a little bit of everything. And I, I'm the exact same way, bro. User-friendly, mm -hmm. uh, pause prints, the pig. Like sometimes I want to separate my brand from the pig and just be my own like person, Pablo Trees, Tony Man. It's like mm -hmm. <laughs> we're very similar in that way. And uh, I don't know. We find like uh, peace in the chaos. Yeah, no, no, straight up. And, you know, that's what I try to preach to my boys. I try to preach to everyone around me is like, I don't want you to be comfortable, man. Like, I want you to not only strive for like full greatness and all that, but like the beautiful thing about us is we're human and we get to experience the good, the bad, the ugly. You know, today's only new knowledge at the end of it all. So whether it's a, a learning lesson that worked in your favor or it was a lesson that you're like, dang, I don't want to do that again. It's a fact of a matter that when you, you know, close your eyes at the end of the day, you learn something from that. So it's not a loss. It's a lesson. Um, unless it's a sport, then yeah, you lost. But um, you can still build from that. You can still build from that mentality and continue to grow as an individual. And it's just fact of a matter that it's like, um, you got to believe in yourself. You know, like one thing I'm, I'm super, super passionate on. I'm very fortunate that like my family... Um, has introduced me to my girl's family um, is the I am presence. Um, those two words, those three letters right there, I am, are so powerful. And you throw that in front of any sentence, dude, and it changes the mentality of anything. Mm -hmm. You know, if you say, I am going to get this done, I am strong, I am beautiful, I am going to flourish, I am the best that I can be, you know, yeah. those, those, those things just like light that fire within you. And then that's what creates the, um, the outcome is, uh, 
you know, that it's called the purple violet flame. Google that. That's crazy. <laughs> but we all have that within us, you know? So yeah. it's like, we want to keep that thing lit because that's going to, that's going to be what keeps you going at the end of it all. No matter how tired you are, no matter how beat up you are, um, watch UFC and you'll see somebody, man, you'll see somebody like about to tap out and then you'll see that like switch kick in. And that's what I love about it is like, it's kind of like that, you know, we're always fighting some kind of um, fight. So it's like when that switch kicks in, dude, you go into like Super Saiyan 3 and you can't, yeah. <laughs> you can't be stopped. You know what I mean? And that comes within. Um, but you have to believe in yourself first in order to get that across. And I, I had to learn that the hard way. And that's through trial and error for sure. It's like we don't know our full potential until we're like at our lowest, you know. No, straight up. Extra. Straight up. And that's that's the beauty of it. You know, some people try to avoid it. Some people um, try to dodge it. Some people find themselves comfortable with it. So they're like, you know what? Like, I don't want to go through that. I'm the complete opposite, man. I'm like, yo, throw me in the fire and let's see how burned I can get. Yeah. <laughs> but best believe I'm going to try to walk out of there. You know, I might I might have lost some hair. I might have lost an eyebrow, um, but I'm going to come I'm going to come out of that building, you know, and that's just like my mentality that I kind of came up on. Um, and support's a big factor too, you know, cause at the end of it all, you can't do anything just by yourself, man. Like whether it's your friends, your family, your dog, your cat, whatever it is, there's some kind of like essence of support that comes from another source that can be the power within. And, um, I'm really big on like, um, just recognizing, you know, your environment, the people around you, because that's your influence too. So you want to have those people that are on the same wavelength as you, same frequency, same hunger, same drive because you're only as strong as the person next to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did uh Did you ever have a, a group of people that were like a bad influence on you? Or like, I, speaking of myself, I, I used to have, be around like the wrong crowd for sure. Mm. Even in high school, um, I did a lot of shit that I, I shouldn't have done. Like I was mm -hmm. like smoking before school and just like being late. And I mean, I guess smoking before school isn't that, I don't know, I can't, I can't like say it's bad, but uh it wasn't the right crowd because they ended up actually robbing my house oh um, like damn it's like you put your trust into people and 100 like, percent. yeah but how about you like um you know i was fortunate that like growing up i was always the kid who liked to hang out with the older kids um, okay. and it wasn't the fact of a matter that i partook in the same things that they did but I always watch. I'm a big observer growing up. I was that kid who was sitting right next to my mom, just watching everybody, like watching their moves, how they moved, how they talked, so forth like that. So I always took like mental notes of it. So like growing up, I was always surrounded by people who were older. So they had more of like an influence. They're a little bit more quote unquote mature, okay. I guess. But I hung out with some riffraff for sure. Um, but like, I'm super fortunate that like, once I got to high school, um some of my friends from like seventh and eighth grade went to high school with me and then we kind of branched out to another school so like so i'm grateful like till this day that like a lot of my friends are from high school like i have my college friends i have my homies who are like my homies but like my friends are still my friends from uh, high school and mm, um that's rare a lot of people yeah. don't stay in touch like that no straight up and that's what like i, I like is because no one was ever like weak you know what I mean? Everyone everyone does their own thing. Everyone has their own standpoint and so forth like that. So it's like, I was always surrounded by a positive influence. Best believe I was after school sneaking out and ditching school. And um, I was making, you know, dumb, bad choices too. But I was, a, I was for myself a lot too, I will say. Like okay. coming up in high school, broke a lot of hearts. And um, <laughs> I was very for myself. And I was, I, was, I was intertwined with feeding my ego. And it wasn't until I got like a huge reality check 
that I was like, dang, I got to slow it down. I just got to start questioning things a little bit more, but like pay attention more and act less. Think twice, act once. I'm really big on that. Think twice, act once. Um, but it wasn't until like, I kind of shot myself in the foot a few times, um, metaphorically, uh, <laughs> that we, uh, that we picked up on like, okay, cool. You know, I'm not going to do this and I'm going to do that. But like now to this day, I can say like everyone who was around me during my time had some kind of influence on me, even like the graffiti scene, the graffiti scene and so forth like that. I was one of the youngest kids in the crew, um, coming up and all these older guys were doing their own thing, but they never perceived that like, oh, you got to do this. You got to do that. Like actually the influence that I had on them was far bigger than like my own family essence, because like when I graduated high school, I had my crewmate show up to my graduation, you know, mm. before my family, which was cool. Like my mom, my sister, my grandma, so forth like that. But like I had my crew show up and they always perceived that like, yo, you got, you got bigger things for yourself, kid. Like go explore the world. Don't stay here because you're not going to do shit here. Yeah. So they're the ones who kind of pushed me to like go to the next level and believe in myself and um, carry on what I was here to do. That's fire. Uh, prior to the podcast starting, you were about to tell me a story about mm. like how you're running with the cops. And like, yeah. I mean, what, so I guess like what happened? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, we were chopping it up and I was telling them the story. So, oh man, this is a good story. My mom's going to get a kick out of this one. <laughs> but uh, we, uh, so it was probably like my junior year of high school um i had the opportunity to go to detroit there was a gallery going on and we were supposed to go to the gallery but we never made the gallery but fact of the matter is um i was in communication with this graffiti artist from detroit so we planned out this whole day he took me to a bunch of like abandoned factories and um took my, my mom with me and we were out there and um we got to see detroit in a different lens and then um he went for a quick weed run and left me and my mom's and we uh we were at the spot called the Brewster Projects. Like it was like these six super tall, like um, condo buildings, but they were for low income housing in Detroit. Mm. Um, so, you know, we were, I, I was just having a field day. We were going through these buildings, going to the top. I was able to see Canada um, from one of these rooftops and we were just strolling. And as we're going back to the car to leave, to go to the gallery show, there's an, an unmarked squad car right behind our car. Damn. So I'm walking and I have at least 30, I have two book bags full of like 30 spray cans, man. Like I'm rattling away, walking to the <laughs> car. And as we're walking, like these guys are writing my mom's license plate on, you know, on their pad. And they were like, you know, they checked us real quick and they asked if this was our car. And once I said this was our car, it was over with, man. Like they went, they snatched my bag. They checked us, they searched all of us. They are real rude too. So they were like, you're from Chicago messing up our city. Like, um, how dare you? You know, so they wanted to make a quote like unquote an example. Example of us. <laughs> exactly. So, like, my mom's never got in trouble with the law before. She's very straight edge, very yeah. like locked in. Shout so. out your mom, though, just for even like being holding there. Holding it down. For always. <laughs> always holding it down, getting a kid out. But man, I was like, I was more embarrassed and I felt so bad because like this cop is like straight disrespecting my mom's and I'm trying not to get too crazy with him, but like I'm trying to tell them, you know, what's mm -hmm. up. And, um, when he was taking our information down, he noticed that my mom had a Polish last name. So, you know, he got into like small communication, like, oh, you're Polish, I'm Polish, where are um, you from, blah, 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 blah. And then he asked like, what, 
you know, how old I was, what grade I was in and what grades I get. And I was like, dude, I'm a straight A student. I'm an AB student, man. Like I'm an art student. Like I was given, you know, this place to come check it out. And I'm just here on like an art aspect. Cause it was just you and your mom right there. Yeah. Yeah. The it was guy me. had already left. Oh uh, yeah. Correct. Yep. Okay, it, it was okay. me, my mom, and then, um, my girlfriend at the time, okay. um, she was out there. So like they took all our information and so forth like that. But like after everything was said and done, um, the cop kind of like started talking to us and, at this point, my mom's car is already towed. Um, but after like some like sweet talking and you know just just being a good person at the end of it all, not mm -hmm. not being an asshole, um, the cop ended up taking us to the spot that was um, where our car got towed. So, long story short, we get the car, man. We get it out the we get it out the jam, and we we <laughs> we left Detroit. They actually followed us out of Detroit Crazy. to make sure that we were going to come <laughs> back, and then. Um, sure enough, man, me and my mom had to drive back to Detroit two more times for court. So I was entering my senior year of, um, high school going to court for uh, graffiti and it yeah. got, it got dropped and all that at the, at the time I just got like a brand new iPhone too. It just came out all that good stuff. And they took that pocketed man. And then the documentation, they never pocketed no phone. So they just straight came up on me, but Fine. it is what it is. Yeah. I remember um, I, I got arrested in Pilsen for trying. I didn't even, I was about to spray something. And then that's mm. when the cops came. They took a, they took me and my book bag, never got that back. <laughs> and my car was just left there overnight. Yep. I had to walk it from the station to my, to back, back to where my car was. Oh, they let you out the same night? Uh, no, no, no. The next day, like oh, in the okay. morning. Yeah. yeah. Like, I had to, it was, I was shitty. But <laughs> uh, this is just a random question, but like, what are you wearing to court? <laughs> what am I wearing to court? So I actually learned the hard way that you can't have open-toed shoes in the court case. Oh, but like I, I had a nice button up, I had pants, but like when my mom went to Detroit or when she went to court for the first time, she actually had flip-flops on and she was big chilling. And we got to the courthouse and they said like, yo, straight up, like you can't come in here like that. <laughs> So my mom like was freaking out, dude, it's 7 a.m. We just drove from Chicago to Detroit overnight to get this court at eight o'clock. It's right. already like 7.10. There's no Walmart open. There's no stores open that early. So we were tripping out, dude. And this is where I know that the world listens and blesses us when we least expect it because we're cruising around, dude. And we see like this hotel. So we pull up to this hotel and I run in there and this lady, um, the clerk lady, I asked her if she has like a lost and found, you know, oh, nice. just to see if there was any clothes or so forth like that. And the lady was like, no, there's no lost and found. But we go and as I'm leaving, there's this lady who has like um, a laundry basket dude, or like a bag full of laundry. And I just, I had the audacity to <laughs> ask her if like, hey, like I'll pay you. Like if I can borrow some clothes and some shoes for my mom, we have court, blah, 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 blah. And the lady just smiled, dude, and she straight up blessed us, man. She blessed my mom with the clothing, the shoes, so forth, like that, whatever. That's right. So we go, we go to court, we get everything, we get her case dropped. We still have to come one more time. But after that, we go back to the hotel and turns out that the lady that was there was never a guest at that hotel motel holiday inn or whatever <laughs> like she was you know we Just never a random lady, a random lady dude and like she came blessed us and then we were never able to like give her back her goods and all yeah. that but like a know, guardian angel it was a guardian yeah. angel dude straight <laughs> up man i remember telling my mom like mom i got the clothes you know it was like two her shoes were like two sizes too small but my mom fit in them joints and <laughs> <laughs> we got to the spa we, we handled the business man 
around and then we went to go back we were gonna go give that lady you know a quick hundo and you know we we're gonna bless her and so forth like that and then i went to go check in with that clerk again and she was like there was no lady ever here so i don't know if she was a ghost an angel yeah, whatever you want to call it dude but she, was, she was a presence man that came when it was needed and helped the kid out man because wow. it would have been bad <laughs> that's awesome that's like part, like being part of it of like the human race and just like helping each other out no nah, straight up yeah. and that that's how the world goes around dude is like you know it's like i always tell all my boys i tell my 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 little nephews and so forth like that like yo i always treat people with respect man you never know who you're talking to the janitor might be the ceo when you don't even know it okay. you know what i mean you treat everybody with respect you talk to everybody like they're the boss because at the end of it all you don't know who they know you don't know what kind of power they can um um curate and so forth like that man and it goes it's it's harder to be nice at the end of it all it's harder to be you know it's harder to um be negative to be mean and all that so mm -hmm. it's like yo why are you gonna put all that energy into like that direction when you can put the same amount of energy and just be nice that's it you know it, it more comes out of it for sure yeah wow um so it is april we're uh we're getting close to 420. yeah it's good friday <laughs> shout out it, yeah good friday shout out jesus <laughs> good friday for real um you do a lot of like weed related items with your job sometimes right mm. like in, uh, with love, consistent I, co? yeah i love the cannabis man so like i was super fortunate that like um that was kind of crazy so it's like during the pandemic I um I was just very stagnant in Chicago. You know, everything was all shut out. The city was kind of crazy and weird. So yeah, uh, me and my girl, we went to we went back home to Colorado to go visit her family and so forth like that. So like we went to go. It was her sister. Her sister was getting married. So we went and go. We went to go check that out and be a part of that. And um, I met one of my homies to my boy Hagen. Shout out Chico Sanchez, man. Let's go. But he's the one. Uh, he plugged me up with this uh, job to work at a dispensary, man. So um, I started working at this dispensary and honestly, I picked up on I was home, bro. Like um, I'm big on like the curation and like the medical aspect of it more than anything. Mm -hmm. um, so super cool to be able to plug people up legally and um, kind of um, gravitate into like, oh, I like this, I like that. This does this, this does that. What are you trying to, you know? So I was like very- um, Cause this was before we was, uh legal in chicago like right um yeah so it was just coming up so it was like coming up on the like the when i was, I was already in colorado and okay. then like the year that after that in the beginning of like january is when it became legal um so i was you know i was in heaven you know i was i was seeing turkey bags full of <laughs> some you know some some gas. fire yeah. man and it was a super cool environment man learned a lot became like um I want to say the floor manager, dude. I was, you know, I was the guy up there just curating everything. And uh, I'm really big on customer service. I love talking to people. I love helping pull up people out. So it really worked in my favor. You know, it was like, it wasn't even a job. And I was just out there doing my thing and um, so forth like that. And then finally, I was kind of inching my way to like design some shit for them. And I finally had the opportunity to design some um, labels to start off and um whip that was up it was for a mac miracle alien cookies and create this cool little product and display and then that was what introduced me to like yo i want to do this shit full time yeah. so i started like every time they needed help i would um design their stuff from posters to product to stickers to apparel so forth like that Fine. so i was um doing all that for them and then um it was awesome man i was like i said i was in heaven and so forth like that but like that was during covid and then COVID got very weird in terms of like, um, 
just like political aspect to like politics ran the store where it's like, yo, if you're this, you can do this. But if you're not this, then you can't do that. And I was like, yo, <laughs> like we're vaccination all- shit? yeah, dude, oh, no. like if you were vaxxed, you didn't have to wear a mask. And then if you were, if you were not vaxxed, you had to wear a mask. And I was like, yo, like as a consumer, as a, as the customer, I'm going to question why one person is doing something and the other person isn't. Right. Yeah. I'm going to bring that to their attention. And, you know, I, I got to see firsthand that, that made people uncomfortable. So it's like, yo, why are you going to point people out? Let's just all be together and let's just all rock what we want to rock, whether what we believe in or not, we're in the environment. So it's like, if we're all masked up, we're all masked up. Cool. But if we're not, you can't just pick and choose and so forth like that. And then they got really weird. And then I was just like, I I didn't believe in it, you know? So I I actually put in my resignation in October and it's actually going to be two years um, this year that I've been working for myself. So that was like my last job. And I was like, you know what? Why am I going to put 110% into somebody when I can put 150 plus Into in, in myself. Yeah. yeah. Damn. So you're freelancing full time now? Dude, freelancing full time, man. That's it's why. tough, bro. I'm super fortunate that like my girl supports me, man. Cause some days, you know, we get a check that comes in and sometimes we don't, bro. Mm-hmm. And like it all depends on like the workflow of it. And um I've always lacked, I've never had a I've never had a website for myself. I never had a LinkedIn. That's something I should probably jump on, but um, all my work that I was ever, ever designated to was all word of mouth, which yeah. I'm super grateful for. Like, yo, I got a homie who can do this and so forth like that. So I've, I've been able to strive for two years, um, just off of word of mouth. And I'm super fortunate for that. Yeah. But it's a blessing and a curse for sure. Yeah. That's like the embodiment of entrepreneurship. You don't know when your next like big check is coming, but it could be right around the corner for real. But that big check feels good, man. <laughs> when, you get, when, you, when you get paid, man, yeah. like I, I, I earn that shit, you know, I, um, I rock with it, you know? So like, um, I've, I very dumbed down like my approach on life because like when I was working and all that, I had access to it, you know, cash flow was flying. So like mm. I was into all the hype, you know, I was out there buying shoes and everything I didn't need, but like, um work for myself it kind of humbled me down a little bit so it's like well my wants and my needs are two different things so it's like um being able to designate that properly and then um i picked up on different habits so it's like um you know back then it was like oh cool i want to go and i want to buy all the new shoes that dropped and all the new clothes that dropped but like i've kind of dumbed myself down to where it's like all right cool i would rather rock what i create what the homies create and then now my biggest hobby that i probably put my money into is paintball um that's like i think i've seen that on snapchat you're like curating an event dude uh, yeah tomorrow man tomorrow wow. paintballing, paintballing. but anyways <laughs> yeah i know paintballing like um that's kind of like a huge that was like a huge door that awesome. opened up to me yeah. um uh, this guy actually we had uh his bachelor party and um he we, we all we all curated this um with his family to go paintballing and we went and I, I was tapped in and I went when I was a kid, you know, so I went as I, I went for like, a, I don't know, it was like a birthday party or like my neighbors invited me, but I went and I had the whole get up and I had an awesome um, turnout, but I never stuck with it. Um, but then going back last year, um, we went and played some reg ball for the day and I fell in love with it. I, I was like a big kid playing, um, using my imagination. You're you know, all bruised r- up? Running around, oh man, bruised up. <laughs> but like running around with the marker and just being in this environment, you know, the survival aspect yeah. kicked in. Um, so after that, I was like, yo, I want more of this. And then the universe heard me out because one of my homies, man, um, John Blanco opened up this uh, little, like this, not little now, but his field right by my house uh, called Southwest Paintball. Um, mm-hmm. So they're the first um, 
uh, like they're one of the first like paintball fields that are actually curated right now within the four corners and so forth like that so we got a bunch of the homies and a lot of people from like albuquerque farmington even denver you know traveled down to this field and um we kind of picked up on it so we kind of created this whole community off of it so ever since then it's just been like if it's not if it's not graphic design if it's not me trying to create some shit it's like yo i want to go play some paintball dude. that's where you like relieve some stress for sure oh yeah no it's <laughs> a physical mental um i like it because i'm not I, i've never played chess in my life but it's kind of like a big game of chess you know at the end of all but like the, the format we play is called speedball and there's normally depending how many people but it can be under from like five to ten people and uh, it's just like a curation of like yo shoot to kill and survive um so it's like being able to maneuver in a proper way and being able to be very aware and communicate and so forth like that so like all these little life lessons that i've always like been trying to like bring to life i can utilize them in paintball which i'm like all right cool this is a lesson that i get out of every single yeah. game that i play and once you're once you're shot it's like you're out you have to you have to leave the field yeah, yep, okay. pretty much. Yep, yep, yep. You get shot up and um, even like in the leg or something. Oh yeah, dude. As soon as paint, <laughs> as soon as paint splatters on you, you know whether you rub your you rub yourself on a bunker or so forth like that. If you have paint on you, then you're te technically quote unquote out. But nice. um, it's a, uh, it's been like a huge like um, part of my life these last like six seven months, man. From studying the game to watching documentaries, to I just completely nerded out, man. And then like the power of influence that I can only imagine like the gun you have and shit. Oh yeah, you know, I, I I got like a I got like a little um a little pea shooter compared to what's out there, man. Oh, Motherfuckers got some crazy stuff out there, man. Isn't but, there like grenades and shit? Yeah, there's paintball, there's paint grenades, dude. You know, it's 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 cool, man, because it's like it's a whole discord, and that's what I appreciate about like um all these cool little hobbies that like I partake in or the homies partake in is like at the end of it all, it's like a discord, man. It's a, it's a communication base that like, you have to be in that crew to be able to understand. You have to be in that discord, that community in order to understand what's really going on. So like where graffiti, it's always been like a, to some it's just vandalism, but to others it's um it's a signature, it's a print, it's a, I've been there and it's a way of communicating with the streets. And, you know, same thing with paintball is like, people don't understand oh you just get shot up and you're getting hurt but it's like a whole like there's a whole community behind it that's so strong and it's it's crazy to be able to see that because um it's like one of those if you know you know like you can't you may not know that dude's playing but if you see a certain brand that he's wearing or he, you see him wearing a certain gear or so forth like that you just can communicate in a way that you wouldn't be able to communicate to someone who didn't know yeah Everybody has like uh, their own niche and stuff. Like complex, con uh, not complex. We we should talk about complex, con but mm. uh, Comic Con just came into the town. Yep, uh, last I like weekend. this year. And it's like you didn't go. I didn't go this year. We went last year though, man. This year was dope. Yeah, this year was dope. It's always like it's crazy how many different um, communities that there are. Mm -hmm. with, like everything, and you find uh, like-minded people for sure. Um, but this is the Proud Disappointment Podcast. I like to ask my guests, like, could you tell us something that you're proud of and something that you're disappointed in? It could be about yourself or like somebody yeah, else. Yeah, that's like. deep, man. That's deep. All right. So as far as like what I'm proud of, um, I'm proud of what I stand for, man. Like um, whether you know me or heard of me or have no clue who I am, you know, at the end of it all, um, I never like to be the forefront of anything. That's just never been my forte. I always like my actions speak louder than what I could say and so forth like that. Um, but just the power of influence that I have on like my people at the yeah. end of it all, man, I just want the best for like whoever's connected with me, whoever's a, a friend to me, an ally and so forth like that. Like 
Um, I just want the best for whatever, um, whatever they're doing, man. Like I'm just, I, I like to be that energy. I like to be that push. And I'm super proud of that because um, I feel like just based on like my upbringing and who I'm surrounded by now and all that, like I'm super fortunate to have a, an influence um, from others. So it's like, I want to be able to represent that and keep it going forward. Yeah. Like I always talk about like this positive chain like I want to be able to create, I want to be able to start a foundation. It can start with, you know, the clerk at the grocery store. You tell them, have a great day, or I appreciate you, you know, that makes them feel good. So then the next person that they can interact with, they can have a positive influence on them. And then they can just curate to this positive chain that can just continue to keep going and so forth like that. So like, I'm very proud of the fact that um, I could start that chain um, no matter where I'm at, no matter who I'm around and so forth like that. Like I'm, um, I'm very people pleaser, but at the same time, like, um, how I move and how I talk, I like to, I like to hope that like, you know, there's some kind of like representation of like a, oh, this kid does, you know, want the greater of the good yeah. and so forth like that. Um, but you know, with contradiction to that, one thing I'm, um, disappointed of one thing I am like disappointed of on my end is I'm a procrastinator. <laughs> I, um, you know, with the fact that I do a hundred different things at a time, sometimes I lack on other things, you know, and that's one thing like I wish I was better on. I wish I just like kind of locked in and finished it, you know, but sometimes I, um, I, I do a hundred different things and I look back at it, I'm like, damn, I could have done it this way or that way. But it was like more so just off of like, the timing and the reaction of like where I was in that moment to be able to fulfill that job. Um, but looking back at it, it's like, um, sometimes I, I, I'm like, damn, I could have, I could have gone harder. I could have done this. I could have done that. Um, so sometimes doing too much is what is my biggest downfall, you know? Mm -hmm. And although it gets the job done or it, there's a quote unquote finished project, it's the process that I, I could, I lacked in, in some way, shape or form. Um, so it's always recognizing that and being like, all right, cool. Just slow down, Tone. Just slow <laughs> down, man. Start with my life. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. I think uh, what I've learned the most is that even when you say you're done, you can still uh, mm -hmm. do it again. Like even after you already dropped or if you feel like you dropped a project, like like bring it back and like re and make those changes like even after it dropped. No, for sure. I have a collection that I dropped last year uh, that's related to the rain. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to uh, push it again uh, going into spring and going into this event that we're both going to be a part of, the Pals and Pals 5 yep. on April 28th. Um, yeah, I'm going to just push this, uh, the same, I guess, theme that I was pushing last April because I feel like I have more ideas now that I wanted to. Just snap it down. It's one with the umbrella, the, yeah, yeah, the like poncho, the, the, the clear poncho, um, the rain jacket. Yeah, I'm still trying to think of like the name for the show, but mm -hmm. it's, it's leaning towards like the rain don't last forever. So like that whole concept. Yep. But um, I did want to talk shortly about the Jesse Reyes, like mm -hmm. wearing your hoodie and stuff. I yeah. <laughs> and like being Colombia myself, I was like, damn, I was like low key jealous. And I was like, so how, how does an experience like that uh, feel? Trips for, me out, bro. Like just celebrities or influencers. So man like i'm super fortunate that i was able to have that opportunity um my girl my my girl my best friend one of my longtime belief systems uh, huge support doesn't get enough recognition but my friend alita um alita man she she's a beautiful presence and she um 
she's a huge fangirl of like Jesse Reyes yeah. and um, what's his name? There's a couple of them. Um, John Bellion um, and a bunch of these artists, but she became real tight knit. Like I'm talking about every city that they, she, they traveled in, she traveled in. So she became real cool with like the light guy and like the dude behind the scenes oh, and all that. Right. So yeah. she was just like, yo, give me a shit ton of hoodies and I'll get them to these people. So I gave her a shit ton of hoodies and that's exactly what she did. And she actually was able to get in and um, bless the crew up. And it was crazy because one of the tours is every single photo that was taken, there was somebody that was wearing consistent. And it tripped me out from like the security guard to her manager, to the drummer, to um, like any presence that was a part of that team, they had a, a consistent, um, um, peace with them and that's something i regret to the fullest is never following up and being like yo what's good like i got i got you all day you know so that was one of the things i lacked on but um alita um she was the one who actually opened that door up and curated it and um she told me what to do and i did it and as a result um it got out there like that you know it never blossom like oh you know we had that one person to wear it and forever you know everyone wanted it no but um on like a like a proud moment aspect that's like a really like definitely like a check off the yeah. off the board just seeing it and um on a stage presence like that yeah that's cool do you feel like it's necessary to give away merch to influencers and stuff because I, I deal with that like constant <clears throat> constantly like should i really give away my stuff you but, know i i feel like that's a good question i um i'm all for it okay. i'm all for giving it but at the same time it's like, uh, at the end of it all, like, I want to give it to you because you believe in my, what I'm doing. It's right. not like I just want to give it to you to try to get clout or try to, for you to wear it and then somebody see it and so forth like that. At the end of it all, like, I want you to wear that shit because you believe in it mm -hmm. or you want to represent it and so forth like that. So it's like, uh, um, I feel like it's the approach that starts off, you know, but if it's like not like that, then, um, it's kind of weird, but like, I, guess you I always care. feel like, you know, it's more so like uh hey i want to pay for it and then you're like no like i just want to give it to you, you know, that's <laughs> different but like if they don't even like antagonize that idea or anything that's more like a handout then it's like uh all right cool and there's a time and a place you know for sure but um at the end of it all it should always be a two-way street too you know not someone yeah. just trying to come up or you're just trying to come up because then it's not going to be a natural um turnout like you your know? morals should align type exactly yeah, that's fine Nice. Um, I guess just wrapping things up. Cause you're also, so are you married or are you like mm -hmm. engaged? Yeah. So I'm engaged, man. Okay, I, get, okay. I get married, uh, this October, um, October 14th in Colorado and I'm fucking stoked. Like okay. if there's something that I'm like really like locked in and like ready to achieve, um, it's to do that, you know? And, um, yeah. it's, uh, it's come to a point in my life where like my biggest influence is my girl at the end of it all. Like, that's like my person, that's my, um, uh, my power source. That's, um, everything and above. And, you know, growing up as a kid, like I said, I was a little heartbreaker and all that. Um, but at the same time, I was always scared that I wasn't going to get married and I wasn't going to get married to the right person or mm. something like that. I, that. I felt that way. I mean, I have a, a great girlfriend now and we're um we're actually expecting another baby oh don't <laughs> so it's like crazy Whoa, is this yeah. like the first time it's like announced uh, i guess like yeah, publicly. yeah. <laughs> this podcast, yeah. <laughs> hell yeah congrats crazy. dude um Love we just it. moved in together but <laughs> so yeah it's like 
marriage has always been something that is like intimidating for sure. Oh, for and, sure. Like, like you, you just got married, or yeah. you're oh, September tenth. I got married. Nice. Yes, sir. Wow. So, like, I guess if you guys could give me some advice, I'm like, <laughs> what would you guys say? Like, how to argue less? Make sure you like, check your tuxedos. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> they, yeah, we need married. Wedding day, they, sure. Black tux fucked up, and they sent the wrong size tuxedo Crazy. for him, and he was my best man. So for like, Tony, for mm-hmm. Tony, wow. yeah, he had like a blue tuxedo, a black. Yeah, he looked like a straight drug dealer. That's how baggy it was. Like if you yeah. open up the jacket, you can say, "I got this and that," you yeah. know. Like he looked like that. But yeah, I had like a whole complete meltdown. I started like crying and shit like that because you know I'm like, "Yo, it's my best man." You know, like yeah. he needs to be fly too. But fortunately, he had a suit of his own that was in the same <laughs> color of all my groomsmen were wearing, and it just coordinated it perfectly. Better. He looked wow. better in his own suit than the suit that we paid. So mm. my wife, she uh complained and we got getting That's like a mark. full oh, sick. refund yeah, on the sense, whole entire thing. They messed up. Yeah, man. Wow. I guess as far as like um or just relationship advice. Yeah, relationship yeah. advice, man, is like at the end of it all, like if I could say anything, it's it's gotta be healthy, bro. Like mm. communication's gotta be strong and um there's a trust factor that comes into it and so forth like that. But like it's like when you're in your most natural state that like you can you can be as sick as a dog or whatever the case is, man. Like that person's still gonna look up and respect and yeah. take over when they need, they need to take over. Um, but the communication aspect is always there. Like that's one thing I've learned a lot of is like I thought I knew how to communicate until I met I met Chloe and so forth like that. And how she communicates and how she moves is um very humbling, and she's like the perfect balance of mm-hmm. it. Um, and so forth like that. So just having that communication um, base is like so strong. And that just that just elevates everything and anything, you know, because no matter how tough the conversation can be or how weird or uncomfortable, it's like the aspect that like, yo, this person isn't going to look at me no different. They're going to hear me out. They're going to let me talk. And then we're both going to be able to find um, a, a conclusion, a result, rather than it's creating continuous problems and yeah. so forth like that. Do you ever feel like uh, the brand or like your business en- endeavors uh, get in the way of your relationship or you guys are both on board with like everything? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, honestly, like, man, like I, 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 I can't, I, I, I don't give Chloe enough flowers, dude. I don't, my girl, honestly, she, um, she's the reason why consistent is what it is today, man. Like when me and my partners departed, um, I paid them out on their part and all that. And consistent was left with nothing, man. And um, Chloe actually threw me a bag and was like, yo, like restart this brand for yourself now. And that was what curated my first pop-up ever. Um, And and since then, it wasn't until this year, but like Chloe's always been like the back end of it, man. She's always done the packaging. She's always done the the shipping. Yeah, the folding, everything. Exactly. The technical parts. (laughs) The technical parts, you know? So it's like, um, this year I started picking up on myself because she became a teacher and she's like on her career path and all that. But um, now, if anything, it's like, I want to support her and whatever she does. Like she runs her own um, business and she does her own um, baked goods and her, she's like, she has a culinary, culinary baking background. Um, so like now my job is to be like, yo, whatever you need, I want to be there. Like if I got to deliver some orders for you, I got to do it. I want to do it. If you need some stickers, some labels, what branding, 
I got you. You know, it's like, it's like she's done so much for me to be able to get to where I'm at. Now it's like, yo, I just want to pay you back and um support and do whatever I can to get that. If I need if I need a whip up in the kitchen for you, <laughs> I'm gonna whip up in the kitchen for yeah, you, you know, because yeah. it's um it's always been like a I'm gonna make sure I help achieve your dream. And now she's fulfilling her own. So it's like, yo, I wanna pay that forward and I wanna make sure she's good too. That's awesome. So like like we were speaking on this is about to be the seventh year of consistent. Yeah. Like where do you see I guess consistent in a couple of years or like how do you yeah see man. the future for you? man you know what dude like I, I wish i had like a straightforward answer to it every year i kind of um question like where's consistent gonna go what can i do next and so forth like that yeah. but at the end of it all man like um i feel like consistency kind of like created its own entity and although i'm not pumping it like I, when i first started it and so forth that I, you know i have a i have a following i have a clan i have um I have people who actually believe in the damn brand and the damn image, but more than anything, they believe in me. Um, mm -hmm. So it's like that trust factor that I really respect and honor. And um, whenever I'm doing something, I think of every single one of those people, man, because um, they have the influence. They're the they're consistent. They are consistent. I'm just the person who curates it more than anything. Um, so it's like as far as like where I would want to get this to go, and I just want to keep pumping in. I want to keep um, influencing people to create to create cool shit at the end of it all man like at the end you know whether it's like a, hey i'm doing a brand you can do it too or it's like um whatever whatever you see and you want to reflect on or you want to try to do yourself and so forth like that as long as like i had some kind of impact on that i planted the seed then that's what I'm, I'm 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 happy with i'm okay with it and i never wanted to be one of those brands that needed to be in a store and continue with that because at the end of it all the only way you can buy consistent is through me um and i've always had like that 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 little bit of pride that you got from it because some way shape or form whether you bought it online in person either bought it from tony or rafa so you know that's always been the cool part of it and that's me so i i've, I've always stayed humble to that aspect but like I just want to continue to um, push the bar, man. Like I said, like at this point, man, I've gotten really big into like cut and sew projects where I outsource the product and I get full production going. Like we've created basketball jerseys, football jerseys. I'm creating yeah. baseball jerseys right now, um, pants and um, just being able to do that. But with the, at the same time, like I, I look around, I see what other people are doing. I'm one of the most tapped in people ever. You may not know it, dude, but I see somebody's <laughs> doing something. Yeah. And I know in some kind of shape or form that whether there was an influence behind it or something like that, man, I would just like to hope that it's like, yo, if this kid is doing it, then I'm doing that. I want to do that too. Um, and uh, I just, I want to keep, keep that going. And I would love to be able to like live off of it and, you know, be be chilling but at the same time like i'm okay with the 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 end result man i'm, I'm okay um with uh whatever is gonna happen is gonna happen you know if i yeah. try to take full control of it then it may not turn out and then i'm gonna be disappointed so it's like having no expectations can lead to like the best results you know that's good yeah and then you have uh also like other business endeavors like everything else you're doing yeah and every like you've also worked for uh, i can't i can't let you leave without mm. speaking on uh working for joe yeah fresh goods because i remember seeing you at complex con you yep. working that event how's how's that experience like it was um it was life-changing man you know so like um i i was living in colorado springs at the time and i just left my job at a screen printing shop and um 
I had no flow of cash and I was doing consistent, but like I was selling everything and anything just to get back to the city. Um, so I remember selling like, all my shoes and just trying to be able to get enough to be able to have gas money to come back to the city. Um, so I came back to, to the city, to Chicago, okay, correct, okay. yep. And um, throughout high school, I worked at the Sky Deck. So I worked at, I worked in downtown and I worked in the Sears Tower, Willis Tower, whatever yeah. you want to call it. But um, I worked at the Sky Deck. So that was kind of like my main cash flow, but it was like not what I wanted to do. I was working with tourists and I was already doing it since high school. So it wasn't something that I was like driven off of. But um, I will say that like the whole Sky Deck crew, man, they supported everything I did, whether it was a pop-up, me calling off, me having a business thing come up, man. They were always super lenient with me and they supported what I was doing. Um, so I was balancing out working at Skydeck and then I had seen Joe had posted like a, hey, we're looking for interns mm -hmm. for this and that. So I went and I shot my shot, dude. I sent my resume out and um, I got it. I got, I got, I got a call back, man. And that shit blew my mind because yeah. what a lot of people don't know is like, I wrote my, my college final paper on a designer and the designer I chose was Joe Fresh Goods. Yeah. So wow. you know, he was from Chicago, he was doing it, he was killing it, huge influence. He and still is, yeah. I, um, I, I wrote that paper and then a couple months later, I, I ended up, you know, interning for, for Joe and uh, it was super cool, man. I learned a lot, but like, like myself, a lot of people, you know, could be like, well, you weren't getting paid and blah, blah, blah. But no, I wasn't getting paid, but I was getting a shit ton of like influence and um, just notes, bro. I was taking so much in and how everything's curated, the process behind it, what the what the back end work really looks like, and not just the final result. So just seeing that was super cool and how Joe moves, he moves so swift, man, and so smooth with it. Um, so it was it was it was an honor to be able to work alongside him, and then um, going into you know after the first. Um, complex con you know he actually picked up out of the interns he actually hired us um three of us and we kind of locked in and then that's when we were able to work his um new balance event with Kauai, and then we went to complex con in long beach and so forth like that so like um just hard work and you know um being a good person and just having work ethic man like more than anything with people like that dude they got, they got shit they got to accomplish, you know? So like if, if you're partaking in the team, you have to be able to hold your own weight. Like if you're given a task, you gotta be able to do that task. You know, I used to, um, I used to, um, not hate, but I was like, damn, man, there's so much dang clothes in this, you know, to do inventory and then ship out orders and all that. But I can tell you right now, I never folded a shirt until I worked for Joe Fresh Goods, man. And then I always had like that cool little assist kind of yeah, thing, yeah. but we didn't have that dude. And I, we're folding thousands of shirts, hoodies, so forth like that. So um, I, I, I learned a lot from that now. And, you know, just being able to curate and move, it really opened up a lens to where it's like, dang this is how this is how it, it is done and this is like what the result can turn out if you do it within this um so i actually um covid kind of like killed that whole um uh connection because things really slowed down and then i moved back to colorado and so forth and that's where i've been since but um it was a huge uh it was a huge like um it was like working with Michael Jordan, man. Like it was like being alongside and, you know, yeah. seeing somebody resign all that glory, but still being so humble and still being human. That's one thing I noticed. Like if I can take anything away from being around 
all these celebrities and seeing all these different people and power of influence and so forth like that is at the end of it all they're still human too man they're still downfalls and they still you know um have hardships and so forth like that but it's like how you bounce back from that how you handle it and how you communicate it um is what really um makes you stand out and i feel like that's like one of the most powerful things that i gain from um being around that environment is communication like how you want to communicate your project how you want to showcase it but more than anything it's like um the story behind it and i feel like joe locked that in you know early on and he's still pushing that to this day and um he, he he's killing it i mean he's I, i'm still i'm still a fanboy i'm still rocking with him and you know we rocking nb all day um and yeah, so forth crazy. like that but at the same time it's just like you're dude, still trying to build your own legacy too though. yeah 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 exactly yeah, exactly yeah. and that you know that never um curated into like anything like that but um one person can look at it and be like dang that was a waste of time but to me no nah, man that was everything and more because i was able to learn from someone else and that's the thing is like i've never really been in an environment where like i can learn from somewhere else from someone else that like had more than me or had more knowledge than me and so forth like that so being around that person was like yo this is the person i want to be around this is the person i want to replicate this is the person i want to strive to be and so forth like that that's awesome yeah because we were probably used to being like the mm -hmm. the man in charge you're like the yep. man that was like curating everything yep yep so, no I mean, straight up but it, it, taking, like, it didn't even touch on you know that level so like to be able to see like two levels up like what it could be what it could be man it was cool man it was cool when there wasn't um ever a time where i was like damn this is a waste of time now every day i woke up and i was like yo like i'm chasing i'm chasing my dream right now yeah. this is an opportunity that a lot of people wish they could have had so it's like um i'm gonna i'm gonna take that all in and i'm gonna reflect on it and i'm gonna respond to it in the best way that i can and at the same time like um awesome. i learned a lot too man i learned how to communicate properly mm -hmm. and i never worked in a retail store so being able to work on that retail end and like you know hustle people uh, hustle people and i'm uh, not hustle people in a bad sense but like <laughs> like hustle people like oh you need this you need that i got you yeah. um you know that was like a that was like a it was a cool it was a cool thing it was a cool feeling man and then just seeing the team aspect because like i said in the beginning man like you can't do anything yourself there's a team behind it and um that's one thing i really seen in person was like the team behind like the overall like final outcome mm -hmm. do you um have you gone into the every now and then story or like have you no sir no i haven't i haven't checked that out i want to check that out there's a few spots man I, i've been very like um homebody since i've been back um i i got client work as soon as i touched on in the city i was like i, I shot out I, I shot my bad signal a lot i was like yo who <laughs> needs work you know yeah, so, so i'm over here, yeah i'm over being grinding man but i'm finally on my weekend uh, i finally get to just live a little bit so oh yeah curate that and so forth like that but um yeah that's just you know it's, it's been smooth and like i said i got no time but like coming back to the city coming to chicago is a different energy man like we were driving um over here dude and just looking around like um from the graffiti scene to just like the abstract um you know art to just i, I don't know the, the architecture you know there's so much influence that um is a part of this city so like coming back to it don't, don't get me wrong i love the mountains i love the fact that i'm not surrounded by a million people and so forth like that but um there's a part of the city that stays within me and i get charged up when i come here when i come here mm. i get charged up full battery and then i go back home hide in the mountains and that's when i really uh get things done nice it's like a nice balance 
between the both. Oh yeah, man. And then my mom's, my mom's like, she loves to baby me, take care of me. You know, I'd be eating good. Uh, oh, your mom so, still lives out here? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, okay. yeah. So my mom lives in Chicago. Yep. Yep. So I get to see her. I get to see my sister and my grandma and my family um, and so forth like that. So it's cool. Um, awesome. But yeah, I like to say incognito, man. That's just like one of my things. I've never been like the party scene guy. I don't like to go out. I don't drink. Um, so I, I, it's hard to get me to come out um, and bust out because at the end of it all, it's like, no, there's work to be done. Yeah, yeah, it's either there's either work to be done, or it's like, yo, like I know where I'm at, and I'm cool with the people around me. So it's like I don't need more, you know. For that. I don't, I don't got to chase a, a friendship. I don't got to chase friends and so forth like that. Because um, if I could, like you, you, I'm jealous of you, man, because you created an environment where you have all your homies in the same environment. Like that's my dream to be able to just have an HQ where everybody can pump out like their most awesome projects or whatever they're, they're they're doing and we're all on the same roof whether you want to sleep here you want to eat here like it's just like that um yeah, it's, it's like, the hq bro it's the dream for real but at the same time there's pros and cons to it because oh, yeah. like to be honest a lot of the guys in here they're not ever here <laughs> like yeah. i feel like i'm i'm more in here than anybody yeah. else yeah. and that's just like keeping it real but um yeah, moving towards the summer, I'll probably be in a different studio. But yeah, with uh, with another set of friends. And it's just because like, you, you use this time to figure yourself out. And a lot of people, I guess, ended up realizing that they could just do the same thing at home. Or, yeah. I don't know what their reasoning is, but it was nice while it lasted because... Yeah, it was a beautiful experience. You wouldn't I mean, be able to get to like where you're at now if you didn't partake in right, the previous right. actions, yeah. you know. And I and I respect that. And you know, it's it's at the end of it all, like I, I'm like that too, man. Like I work from home. So like it's hard to make home home now because mm -hmm. it's also my office is where I work and yeah. so forth like that. So it's like I I don't even take a lunch break. <laughs> you know, I'll go and I'll work ten hours, not even eat, and then I'm like, oh damn, it's seven o'clock and I haven't even eaten. So it's like, um, you know, it's definitely hard to be able to separate that. So like to be able to go to a location, that's one thing I always liked about working was like you go to a location to work and then you get to go home and your home is your home. But like putting two and two together, uh, it's kind of tough. So like when we, I'm hoping, you know, that's the dream right here. I'm speaking to existence, but like Manifest it. when we, uh, when we move, we have some property, we're going to build a duplex and, you know, I'm going to be able to curate at least some kind of office or something to where I can at least exit out of my front door mm -hmm. and go to another spot and just be able to curate and create um, and then walk out of that environment and come home and home is home so would this be in colorado or yeah in, oh yeah one thousand okay. percent yeah i don't i don't ever plan on coming back to the city um in terms of living i love coming here to visit i like to come in here make some noise do what i gotta do and then dip out like a bandit go hide in the mountains yeah. um and so forth like that but like where we live we live on a, the indian reservation so we live on the southern U, um reservation i live off of a county road um and it's very very simple man like we have nothing but like acres of land and their neighbors are cows and it's just super it's a it's a trip because like coming from the city you know hearing all the traffic hearing the airplanes hearing the ambulances the fire trucks so forth like that you get so used to it and then you go out where i'm at now and you're like oh dang dude this is this is different like you know yeah but i've always dreamed of it my dream has always been to uh um, have land, have a, a goat farm, That's awesome. ha have a yeah. 360 porch and be able to just sit on my rocking chair and be like, hell yeah, <laughs> dude, we're chilling. Do you, chilling. Uh, do you ever go to Denver? 
lot. Yeah. Because yeah. I, mean, yeah, so I would like, imagine that's like the closest thing to Chicago. Shit, right? six hours, dude. So oh, like where okay. we live, yeah, where we live, man. Like so, um, when I was going to school, man, I was super fortunate that my boys, um, um, they lived in Denver. So we would go and I would carpool with them. So they would go and drive, um, drop me off at the airport and then I would sleep in the airport so then I can catch a flight to come back for like winter break, summer break and yeah. so forth like that. But um, my unit, my guys out there, dude, Smiley, uh, Granger, uh, my boy Alec, uh, my boy Scoots, like all those guys, man, they, they took time out of their day to make sure that I got back home. And I'm super appreciative of them mm. because of that. And my mom appreciated it too, um, because um, they were always my ticket to be able to go back home, not only in affordable essence, but like safely yeah. and so forth like that. But there was a lot of times, man, where I slept on that airport floor. I can, you know, I would, uh, <laughs> I would get there at like eight, nine o'clock. And then my flight would be at like 7 a.m., 8 a.m. So I would just find a spot, lay some, lay my jacket down, yeah. um, put on a movie or two and then just kind of doze out. out. And then yeah. I would get woken up by the lady vacuuming right next to me or some shit like that. But yeah. um, we're young. I feel like yeah, we, yeah, we could do it. I, you know? I sleep on this couch is like uncomfortable as fuck. <laughs> and like, yeah, it's just like the things you do for your like craft are just like, yeah, that's awesome. I got to ask you, what was, uh, what is one of the most um, uncomfortable situations that you ever put yourself in? uh damn so prior to my to my son being born uh i just felt like i needed to have like a regular job mm -hmm. and i was working i was unemployed at the time because i was doing a lot of like doordash and postmates like all the delivery food items and sure. then um when i found out that my son was being born i was like all right i need to get like a full-time job which isn't the case but uh it just felt like i should because that's what everybody else was telling me. Yep. And then yep, yep. Um, I worked at a moving company and it was like terrible. I hated it. It was a, uh, it was just like a moving a bunch of objects. And not only that, like it was a moving company, it was the night shift. Mm. So this was like uh, 7 p.m. to like 2 a.m. or something. And mm. I was just doing that consistently. And I was like, fuck it. This is just how my life is now. <laughs> and I was just like super uncomfortable. And luckily after that, I was able to work at my dad's uh company nice. my my dad doesn't own a company but he's, he was working for a company for the longest mm -hmm. as a engineer and he got me in as a, like a mechanical assembler and yeah. that was my previous job before my graphic design job and then um yeah that was still a blessing in its own sense but not what i wanted to be yeah. doing you know and i felt like yeah just like those uh those years like were super uncomfortable and uh, I'm just glad I, I was able to get out of that. I always laugh and make jokes because uh, my dad was a mover. Um, he worked for this company all throughout my childhood and so forth like that. And mm -hmm. he would take me on side jobs. So I would, um, he would go, he would take me and my grandpa would come too. It was, one of, like, it was probably one of my favorite memories is my dad and my grandpa. Um, but um, yeah, we'd go on side jobs together and we'd do these moving jobs and I'd be, they'd be left in the couches, I'd be lifting the pillows and shit. And, you know, and every time, no matter what the job was, dude, he always paid me a hundred bucks for the day. Nice. So I remember being a kid waking up at 5 a.m. getting scooped up by the work truck, the moving truck, we'd go move all these nice houses and so forth like that. And then um, at the end of the day, we got paid out, man. And he always threw me a hondo, dude. So like, I always laughed and be like, when we're moving stuff around, or whatever i'm like i got movers blood in me i'm good <laughs> yeah it's like you uh you realize that you i don't know you're here to struggle i feel yep, like yep, yep. you know what i mean like we're alive I agree. and like 
it's a testament to like what you can overcome no i asked that because like um one of the most uncomfortable situations i've ever been in uh was this uh ceremony it's called sundance uh so it's like a it's like a like a movie festival no see Uh so sundance is like a i don't i want to i want to title it as like a like a native american ceremony oh okay um but it's it's pretty crazy man because there's different tribes that do sundance in different ways but like the way we do it i'm going on my fourth year um this year i'm going in july but it's basically um a three-day fast no food no water Mm. and you're in a corral um and there's this pole that we find we outsource and it's like a tree and it kind of has like a fork and like a y and basically what you do is you go in on a you go in at night and you're basically in this corral for three days again no food no water and um it's just this huge ceremony where people from all over different tribes will come and they'll bring their drummers so they'll come and bring their drummers Mm. and they'll sing but like the whole essence of it is so beautiful because it's like we as men will never understand what it's like to give birth to a woman we don't know what it does to the woman's body we don't know the pain and so forth like that we can never um implement that so like with sundance it's beautiful because we are sacrificing our body basically not only for the women and to represent that but it's like also for our people so like we struggle for three days to be able to put um love and light and like a shield over our people um our friends our family our dogs whatever you want to yeah. you know but basically how it's like it's, it's um the ceremony and um everybody has their own spot within the corral and then there's this big pole in the center of it and basically throughout the three days you're just dancing back and forth between your where you're sleeping or where you're at and into this pole so you're like creating this path and man it's i it's one of the most like hours it depends how long the drummers are going sometimes they'll go for two three hours sometimes they'll go for four um, but at this point, it's in July, you know, so it's like the sun's beating in the corral. It's like 10 degrees hotter. Um, so last year was like one of my toughest ones because I was automatically, the first night I was in there, I was fantasizing about lemonade. <laughs> so like I was out of taste for lemonade for like three days straight and I couldn't, I couldn't, you can't drink or you're out, you know? So mm. I stuck, I stuck with it, you know, but it was very tough mentally, mentally and physically, because not only was like 110, but we're dancing and everyone's just looking at you and you can smell the food in the air. And then where our corral was, we have a river right next to us. So you can hear that water flow. And, um, it was just very tough, but like, it was you one of those, drink no, no, no water. So no food or no water for three days. And you're just like, basically you're, um, you're just submitting. And that's one of the biggest things I've learned from it is being able to submit in a way that like your mind can push past the comfort zone. And Mm -hmm. that kind of like helps me to where I am today because it's like, no matter how hard that situation is, I go, I think back to Sundance and I was like, dang, I I remember when I was thirsty as hell and I really wanted to drink some water. And, um, we've, uh, we've maintained and we've, we've, we've still, um, partook in the ceremony while it's like pouring rain out and it's you know tsunamis going as crazy out there um we dealt with all four seasons in a day but like imagine you're on day two you haven't drank anything your mouth is so dry you're tired from dancing and it rains and you just see puddles of water 
And you can't even drink that puddle of water because <laughs> then you would be um, basically, you know, canceling yourself out mm-hmm. and so forth. So it was like that mental discipline more than anything um, that I w- I learned from these situations. So like the beautiful thing about it is like I was mentored by my um, my father-in-law. Um, I was mentored by my brother-in-law, you know, and we've they've, they've been doing it for at least 15 plus years between the both of them plus, you know, so they kind of mentored me to like go about it a certain way or to look at it a certain way, how to like handle it. And now um, I, that uncomfortable feeling is what I strive off of. So it's like part of the reason why I do 10 things at once and so forth like that. It's like, man. Like I felt what it feels like to be uncomfortable and I seen the outcome that I was able to achieve it. So it's like, yo, I want that all day, every day. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to try to partake in that. But yeah, you have Does to do it for 12 years. Oh, no. So it's like a, so there's like, um, so it's like an all male kind of um, Sundance, yeah. but then there's female ones too. Um, uh, my girl's never done it. No, but she's like, she's the support on the outside. So like what it's crazy is like, um, in the morning you get, uh, you get towels. So like in the morning they, they heat, they put it like the towels in really warm water and then they'll wring the towels out. So they're just like real hot towels mm-hmm. and you can wash yourself off and all that. And then, um, during the day they come back with towels, but they're cold towels. So you get one hot, you get hot in the morning and then cold at night to cool off and so forth like that. But um, I mean, just living outside, living in um, living in like a sleeping bag, and being able to survive the weather. And I got real smart, and I I, I acquired a ta- like a tarp. So like when it was raining, I built a tarp over my head to where like the water would be able to. Um, I wouldn't sleep in um, you know, in the wet because it happened to me before. So like I learned on the survival aspect yeah. of like how to maintain and uh, get the job done. So it's like now, anything that comes my way, man, where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> That's awesome, bro. I would have never known that about you, like until you told me. Yeah, no, it's uh, I'm I'm very prideful of that. That's something yeah. I, re- I really partake in, man. Like if I if I can write that on my resume, I would Sundance, <laughs> Sundancer, man, because it's no, like because that sets you apart. That, yeah, a different breed. For ex- him, exactly, like, and you know days. I'm a I'm super grateful for that. But also that's like put me in some of the most uncomfortable um, stances too, mm-hmm. to where I wanted to throw in the towel, you know. But at the end of it all, it's like. Dude, unless I'm gonna die, you know, it's okay. You're like, pushing your body. I'm to pushing that my limit. body. Exactly, yeah. man. So prior to that or after that, do you just feast? Oh just- man. <laughs> so so before that, dude, my so my regimen is like a month before I go in. So like I say we're going in July. I'm gonna say like July or July sixth or seventh of this year. Um, but like a month before I know I'm going to go in, my mindset completely changes. I become really strict on my diet. Um, I like to run to me running outside is a representation of like being in that corral. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'll push my body. I'll throw on a hoodie, two hoodies and some sweatpants. And it's like 80, 90 out. And I'm running six, seven, eight, 10 miles because, and I'm going to do some steps because it's like, if I can push my body outside of the corral when I'm inside, it, I can resonate with it. Be like, all right, cool. I'm on my fifth mile. I can just keep going. And eventually it's gonna, I'm gonna get to that finish point, you yeah. know? So it's being able to do that. But as far as eating goes, I get real strict. You know, I like to, I like to be toned up, but the day we go in, best believe I eat two filet mignons. I got, I got some mashed potatoes locked in, like <laughs> um, meat and potatoes. Um, those, that's like my correlation. Yeah. And then when we come out, um um they have like this whole like tradition where um 
my girl's family's grandpa used to make the lemonade. He used to make fresh lemonade. So like that was one of the things that everybody wanted after Sundance. So they make it every every time after. So um, that's something I look forward to, which got me in my rut last year. Um, but afterwards, best believe I got two fillets, I got yeah. mashed potatoes, <laughs> watermelon, and then lemonade. Like those are my okay. um, those are my go tos after and so forth like that. It's like the the true definition of like discipline. Like, yeah. Like no, and things. it's crazy because there's some days like there's um it's kind of like a hearsay, but like let's say a little kid touches one of the drums during the ceremony, mm. that's an automatic day added to the the Sundance. So instead mm. of being there for three days, now you're in there for four days. Because so, there's little kids doing it too. So no, so like uh, like on the outside. So like if there's little kids running around, or if they somebody touches the drum or something, it could um, add a day. Yeah, adds yeah. a day. But it's up to the chief at the end of it all, um, who says you know. But I'm waiting for that. Like this year is gonna be my fourth year going in. I still have um, it's 12 years that I'm like locked in to go ahead and partake in. Um, but like, I'm waiting for that four day, any day, because it's like, yo, that's when it's really going to test how far my body can go <laughs> and my, my mentality and so forth like that. I'm going to send my son to touch the drum. <laughs> it's a, it's a, nah, that's, that's crazy. It, it's but, crazy, man, but it's beautiful too. And like, the, what's the limit like of, uh, how much, a like a human body can handle on fasting? Like I, me personally, I don't know, man, but all I know is you can survive three days off the rip. Okay. You can survive four days off the rip. I've, I've, I've heard stories of it. And like I said, my father-in-law, my brother-in-law, they've, they've done four days and they've traveled and so forth like that. So, um, it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a mind, body, soul connection. And it's so crazy, dude, because you get into the spirit realm. We call it the spirit mm, realm yeah. on that. You start hallucinating, oh, you start hallucinating yeah. man. And then like when that drum's going, when it's so loud and there's a fire going during the evening to get rid of all the mosquitoes yeah. and you can see the frequency of the jump the drum hitting that fire and you can see like this weird level mm. and um my uh my girl's mom um she actually caught a photo of like this huge seven foot tall I don't want. I don't know if it's a spirit or what, but it was in the fire. But it was like this seven, eight foot shadow that was just standing within the fire, dude. And it was wow. so beautiful and crazy yeah. because it's like that. Um, that what we do. Um, oh, my bad. Sends out like this frequency into the world, and as a result, the world comes back at us in different ways. So we see stuff, we hear stuff, like on um on a um paranormal or extraterrestrial, whatever you want to call it. But it's just so beautiful that at the end of it all, like what we do, what we create is frequency, and people can feel it and see it. You know, crazy, and it's like from being the most sober that you could yeah be, which is even yeah like, it's, you know. it's your raw state and that used to be like a challenge for me because it's like oh dang i can't smoke for three days what <laughs> but like before that you're not even supposed to be able to consume alcohol um or um you know any kind of like activity you know and um now i take pride in it dude like i love it like now going cold turkey not having to smoke is something i thrive off of like there's days where i'm like you know what i'm not gonna smoke today or well, i can go two three weeks without it it's up to me at the end of it all and that's what i love about it is like being in control of it all some people um like to turn on the aspect of like addiction and so forth like that but it's like no at the end of it all it's up to the individual 
you know, to be able to partake in it. Like it's that mental stability to be like, no, I don't need it. Um, that discipline, you know, mm. and a lot of us lack discipline because we're so comfortable and we can say, oh, the next day, oh, the next day, you know, nah. But when it comes down to it, when it comes down to um, like the business aspect, um, it's called the Spartan effect. And I don't know if you know about Spartan races and all that. Have you ever heard like the Spartan races? I've only seen 300. So like there's like Spartan races where like they do crazy obstacles, like a mud run almost, but it's like mm -hmm. to the next level. Um, but I love how the founder has stated that like we created this idea called the Spartan run and everyone is like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But no one really locks in until they sign up for it and they have like a specific date. So it's like, for me, Sundance is like that specific date. Like, okay, cool. I got to train. I got to go in the hyperbolic time chamber yeah, yeah, yeah. and I have to go and push my body, push my limits, get as best as I can in shape mentally, physically. So then when I come to this challenge the day of, I'm, I can say that I did everything I could because the worst thing that I can do is say, I, oh, I could have, I would have, I should have, you know? So I look at everything like that now. It's like, if I set a date, I have to have a date locked in because then I not only cannot turn away from it, but now I'm disciplined on the aspect that like, okay, cool. On this day, that's when business needs to be handled, you know? Yeah, and it comes down to being a man of your word and like yeah. yep. holding yourself accountable. Yep. Accountable, bro. Accountability, man. That's the biggest thing ever. That's awesome, bro. I think you uh, you gave a lot of game. I appreciate you for coming on. Yeah, this no, I appreciate the opportunity, dude. 14? This is episode 14. 14, good Friday. <laughs> you know, it, it's a good day, man. It's a yeah. great day. Thank you, bro. Yeah, uh, no. Can you tell people where they can find you? Or like yeah, that? dude. So you can find me on Instagram at Tony underscore Main, M-A-Y-N-E. Um, you can find my clothing line at uh, Consistent Clan. And you can find all my other devourers. You can find El Tigre Boomsticks on LD Gen Tigre. Um, we got a whole little uh, movement going with that. But um, at the end of the day, man, if I could say anything, man, any last words is like, yo, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you stand for, man. And if you're listening to this and you have any kind of like questionable aspect that like, you don't know what you want to do. Just go for it, man. Believe in yourself. Love yourself. Believe in the power of the I am presence because it's all within us. And then once that flame is lit, dude, you're unstoppable, man. Let's go. Love, 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 love. Thank Peace you, and thank love. You, thank you. Thank you for listening. Hey, thank you. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. This is awesome.